0: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best
1: in chat radio designed just for you. This is Michael Gannot with Insight to Israel on Chocolates for Heroes, and it is another beautiful day in the Jewish state, and I want to start off this radio show as I have for almost four years now. I've been in the country and in, in Israel for four years. October 2nd, 2012, I was 42, I'm coming up on 46. You look like you're 23. (laughs) And I have to say, I want to start off by saying thank you, thank you to the guys at America's Web Radio who bring the truth about the Jewish state to the grassroots of the United States. The truth about this country, uh, Dr. Woodlansky that I have experienced in four years as it is number one in the world in technology, agriculture and medicine. And the vast amounts, you know I've experienced the agriculture, technology and medicine. But recently I was I was blessed, very blessed to experience the vast amounts, uh, a sample of the vast amounts of humanitarian work that Israel does around the world. I was in Italy for uh, for almost two weeks and one of those weeks I spent... Up in the mountains of Italy, in northern Italy, about three hours from Rome, uh, showing what the Israelis were doing there first in the country, even undercover because the uh, Italian government had rejected all outside help. Uh, but the Israelis were there, and we for were the able earthquake. for yeah. the earthquake. Yes, sir. And uh, actually, it was a blessing because we were able to work together to get coats in there for the children because the wintertime was quickly setting in. It was very cold at night. But uh, to see the commitment uh, of a young lady who worked for Israel, Aid, uh, Naama, to see and listen to her story as she travels around the world to uh, very difficult places. But, and I, I know it's just more than Israel. Aid. There's so many organizations in the military that give so much that blesses the world. And uh, so I want to say thank you to the guys at America's Web Radio for, for all that you have done for Insight to Israel and for the Jewish state by bringing this truth, not just to the United States, but it were heard around the world and in the top 20% out of 26,000 radio shows. It is truly a miracle as one person uh, with, uh, with actually no real uh, grounding when I came here, but direction once I landed. Thank God. And I uh, also want to say thank you to everyone who, who listens to the radio show, who looks at our social media, who likes, who shares, who comments on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thank you. Thank you for that, for being a part of this work. Uh, because no one, no man is an island unto himself. But we all work together to, to t- tell the truth about the, this country and its fight for sovereignty and security. And lastly, but not least, certainly not least, I want to say thank you to everyone that is a participator and not a spectator by giving to Chocolates for Heroes, where Americans send literally thousands of Hershey's chocolate bars with personal notes on them to the soldiers. We love you, we pray for you, we stand with you. I need more Americans to get involved with Chocolates for Heroes. We actually uh, are working on a campaign for Hanukkah where, uh, God willing, I'm going to rent a truck and we're going to take three to 5,000 chocolate bars. The goal is 5,000. And we're going to actually go around the borders of Israel and show how Israel is building a security fence to keep out, if I could uh, quote Bibi, who said it so eloquently, to keep out the... the, the um, what was the word he used? He didn't use deplorables, but he might as well have. Despicables. The, the despicables. To keep out the despicables that want to come to the Jewish state to harm and bring, uh, and, and bring destruction to this country, to this great country. So uh, pray for us. Uh, this is an endeavor that, that we've already uh, laid the groundwork for, but we need your help by Americans contributing to Chocolates for Heroes. So go to Facebook, Insight to Israel, and you can get more information there. Wow, I didn't expect all that. And I want to say thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, I want to say uh, I am actually in Jerusalem, and uh, I am with uh, Dr. Michael Woodlansky, uh, and I would consider, uh, sir, I want to say that we don't see each other every day. Uh, we're friends in blood. I, I am I'm truly blessed to be in your home and to have uh, met your family. And you have given us some great insight, not only through Torah, which I've thoroughly enjoyed when we talk about Torah on the on the radio show, but uh, some of the insight that you give to us as far as uh, the culture here in Israel, the Middle Eastern culture. Uh, My pleasure. A, into Islam and the and the Koran, uh, you've certainly educated us there. But there's some things I want to talk about. I want to get your your insight uh, as far as as an American that now lives here in Israel as an Israeli citizen. uh, uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening in the world, but we're also going to talk about the the thing that will affect Israel the most, uh, which is the upcoming election in one week from today. Right. Uh, Where do I start? Let's start with the election. All right. So, you know, uh, a lot of people hate Trump or they love him. And I think that's what I love about the man the most who's not a politician. After working in politics for uh, 12 years, I think that a few of my friends, there aren't exactly for Trump, but they're not against him. Uh, one of my close friends, actually my executive administrator, she said, Oh, but Michael, he doesn't speak well, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, You know what? For 12 years I worked in this. And they all talk about how beautiful you should speak and all of these things, but yet behind your back... All right, let me let me give you my take. Okay. I think America has suffered
0: for 8 years with a person who was its national narrator. Right. Uh, the fact that somebody has a beautiful voice and actually doesn't know what he's saying has hurt America for 8 years because the beautiful voice doesn't turn into sensible statements and it turns into even worse actions. Now, I say this as somebody who was not a fanatical supporter of Donald Trump, and I'm still not. Uh, I liked, uh, I have to confess, I liked Marco Rubio more. But I thought that generally almost all the Republicans were were better than any of the Democrats. But I have to say, since uh, uh, Trump got the nomination... And basically, you have to look at what you have. It was going to be Trump versus Hillary Clinton or Bernie uh, Sanders. Sanders. Um, look at what you have. That's what a practical human being should do. You can you can want to uh, be a, a basketball player who's six foot ten with a great jump shot, but if you're just a good passer and you're five foot eleven. You use what you've got. Right. And um, Donald Trump actually has some, some things that are very useful. As I've, come, I've turned it around, In the Talmud would say, when you have a problem, turn it around and around and look at it from every angle and turn it upside down. The interesting thing about Donald Trump, and I think this is also more true of the Republicans than the Democrats, is that Republicans have people who have actually worked in the world. Right. You have, uh, for example, Rand Paul is a doctor. Uh, You have people who have been cattle ranchers, George Bush. You have people who have actually worked for a living. You look inside the Democratic Party, you see mostly mediocre lawyers. Yeah, you're right. And uh, basically the last two Democratic presidents were mediocre lawyers. And people who claim to have, be, to have been law professors who never taught anything.
1: <laughs> or maybe didn't even, weren't even actually a law professor.
0: And probably weren't very Ivy League in many respects also. We're talking about Barack Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. Well, I'm not even going to get into that.
1: <laughs> okay. <That's> but uh, <laughs> but
0: I, I don't think we need to. Right. Um, but, uh, basically, when you look at Donald Trump, the man's loud. He's brash. But the same thing was also true of Muhammad Ali as the champion boxer of the world. And when he did it, people said, he's got it right, he's the best. Donald Trump has done some amazing things as a builder in New York and as somebody who knows the New York real estate market, which is where Donald Trump began and where my father uh, worked, my father and mother the man is very imaginative, very bold, yeah. and hugely successful. Of course he's had failures. Any man in business, any woman in business, knows that if you're going into business, you've got to be a risk taker, and there are some things that come across your plate that you didn't know about. Milton Hershey. took Look at Milton Hershey. And anybody who, who can turn lemons into lemonade in real time... Yeah is doing something that usually the government doesn't do, but which the government needs to do. And we've been looking at a situation in Washington, and and that's why I sympathize with the hardcore supporters of Trump, even though I don't agree with everything every one of them will say. We've been controlled in Washington and in lots of other capitals around the world by a professional class of politicians, politicians, reporters, journalists, academics who are really out of touch with reality and don't even have common sense but want to hold on to power for the sake of power. Trump, in many respects, is a real breath of fresh air. Yeah, I agree. And one of the reasons he scares so many people is that he is so real.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, it's true that he speaks... Sometimes, I would say, even recklessly. Sometimes immaturely. Some of the things he said about John McCain were totally unnecessary. That, you know, I would rather have somebody who wasn't captured. The man was a hero. Yeah. And you, you shouldn't have said something like that.
1: Now, can I interject here?
0: Wait, wait, wait. I'm, okay, I, go I'm ahead. i Let go me ahead. go. No, no, go ahead, brother. Go and, ahead. And And having said all of that, He apologized for some of the things, and it takes a a big man to apologize, or a big woman. And that's basically how human beings learn. They make mistakes, and they learn from the mistakes, unless you're Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. Because you do the same thing over and over and over again, and over again, and over again. And so that's why I, unhesitatingly, unhesitatingly, support Donald Trump even though I have reservations about some of the things that he said on policy, some of the things that he said personally. <clears throat> I might have preferred somebody else, but given who the choice is right now, we're basically being asked to choose between somebody who's loud and imaginative and between somebody <clears throat> who's a criminal.
1: Definitely. There's no question about it. It's 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 heartbreaking to me, sir. Because after being in Washington, and look, I'm I'm a patriot of the United States. I love my country. I'm thankful for where I was born and raised. Uh, the reality that a lot of, and this kind, this is my viewpoint. The reality is of a, a lot of, uh, of of the United States right now in its situation, culturally, legally, uh, politically. Uh, it's not good. Of course. Not. And in my viewpoint looking at the world from a perspective and then seeing the internal issues uh, I appreciate well I appreciate the theme of make America great again and I agree with it I have a hard time uh, in reality grasping the fact that one man uh, is going to go in and shake the system to the core and I hope he does he needs to it needs to be shaken to the core absolutely but now some people are going to disagree with me probably not people listening to the show but uh, the only way, and I've said this before, America's a concept, an idea. And in order for us to regain the concept, I believe, and, you know, I'm, I'm, not the, uh, I'm not the deepest, most spiritual person, but I will say this. I know it's required in my life. There's been times, sir, I've failed God miserably. But I know that God requires of me repentance on a personal and corporate level. He required that out of Israel. And in order to regain the concept, we must do what God asked of Israel to do or demanded in order for you to be restored after failure and judgment. Absolutely. And one of the the hearts, the ways to penitence and to
0: restoration is to take a good hard look at yourself. Right. Maimonides said, first of all, you have to recognize the sin before you correct the sin. Right. If you can't recognize it, and announce it to yourself, you're never gonna be able to do it. Yeah. And that's something that most politicians don't have. Yeah. And it's very sad. So I think um, it's important. And I think that, that Trump, by the way he has changed, uh, the way he, he carries out his, his campaign in the last month, has consciously acknowledged that some of the ways he was talking before were inappropriate. Right. And he's shown himself to be more mature. And that's very important. That is very important. And you know something? People are paying attention to that. Yeah. And when he talks of his vision about how you have to change the health care, how you have to... Uh, Sorry, or, I didn't mean to distract you. No, no, how you have to change health care to make it work better how you have to restore the military how you have to give borders to a country his whole basic thinking is more like the common man
1: right than I like agree.
0: the rarefied so-called elites in the so-called intellectual community of academia journalism and politics the the clerking class in washington right we understand Uh, I'm writing a book right now that deals with the fact that we have a broken world that is divided basically between three communities. There's the tribal community that never really got what the nation-state is. And there is the post-nation-state community that thinks we'll all be governed by Girl Scouts and by the UN and by... NGOs, no good organizations. (laughs) I mean, people who really think that are fooling themselves. It doesn't mean that the nation state is perfect or that any particular country is perfect. But for all the organizations and forms of government we've had, what has been the most successful? And when you have something that's fairly successful, you don't torch it and say, we're going to make hope and change. Right. And I'm sorry, but America's gone through eight horrible years yeah. with the, the administration of Barack Obama. And he was given a pass by the press corps, which didn't vet him before he was elected, and which didn't speak truth to power while he was in office. And the same is true of the way they've dealt with Hillary Clinton and John Kerry. And terrible things have happened to the United States and the world during this period. And uh, we need a corrective. We need a change. Mm. And I hope that Trump will be that change. In terms of us, Mike, here in Israel, you know that the average Israeli despises, but despises the policies of Barack Obama and distrusts him greatly. And they've been told by the press that Hillary will be oh so much better. Yeah. And they want everybody to forget how she hugged Suha Arafat and stood next to her when Suha said the Jews poisoned the wells of all the Palestinians. That would be and, Yasser Arafat's wife. That's right. And they forget that Hillary Clinton's number one assistant, mm-hmm. is Uma Abdin, how everybody now recognizes Miss Abdin, whose entire family is Muslim brothers, whose estranged husband is this weird sexual pervert, congressman, ex-congressman from New York. Well, isn't it symbolic that the person who symbolically brought this whole email, Clinton Foundation, Hillary Clinton, uh, uh, abnegation of, of values back to the headlines, was Huma Abdin and her husband, Anthony Weiner. Who better symbolizes what the Obama administration is and what the Democratic Party is than a, a woman whose family is Muslim Brotherhood and a man who's a sexual deviant. And a traitor to his people. And a
1: traitor to his people. I mean, who better symbolizes that? You know, uh, I, there's a lot of things I didn't know. Uh, Thank God, I am a. Insight to Israel is a huge endorser of James Snowden and WikiLeaks. And even if people disagree with that, these men are champions of freedom, of global freedom. And what they were Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden. Uh, I did not know that Bill Clinton actually married them. Uh, And there was uh, speculation that the Clintons were actually grooming them together to be the next powerhouse. They introduced them. Wow.
0: Just as Valerie Jarrett introduced Barack and Michelle
1: Obama. Wow. Amazing. Uh, Let me ask you, sir. First of all, uh, we know, we already know, and especially through the revelation of WikiLeaks and the emails, which is mind-boggling to me because I look at your country, and this is amazing, and I applaud... The justice system here, which even though it may be slow and even though it's not perfect, there is justice that comes in this country. I see it. That's right. And when a a prime minister or a president does something vile, they eventually get called on it. And it's amazing. You actually have people in jail. That's so exactly Politicians in jail.
0: We have politicians in jail. We have the former prime minister... Who is was the closest thing in Israel to the Clinton Foundation and uh, Clinton Inc., Ehud Olmert, who used his office, his, ver- his various offices, to, uh, um, to basically make himself rich and build up property and sell influence. Ehud
1: Brock did. No, this no. is Ehud Olmert. Ehud Olmert. Okay, because I have a picture with Ehud Barak, and when I posted it, <laughs> I had some people. <laughs> Ehud, Ehud Barak is
0: suspected of using inside information to make himself wealthy after he left office as a lobbyist. Okay. But he didn't actually use his office in power that we know of. Right. As Bill
1: and Hillary Clinton did. Right. And uh, and others. And and that's the, to, on that note, that that's the one thing that I do appreciate because. Uh, I think that there have only been a, a couple of politicians that I can think of. One was uh, uh, Blago- Blagojevich. Blagojevich, uh, Rod Blagojevich, the uh,
0: the governor of Illinois. But you know that's not really true. In Illinois, what a state! What, yeah, what a state. <laughs> Four of the last five governors are in jail.
1: Okay, I, that's on the federal level. I, I, it's it's hard for me to see. I mean. Obviously, you and I know, and a lot of people know, that if we did the things that she did, look at... Look at uh, this
0: poor general who
1: did something wrong, two generals, they went
0: after he, them. They, uh, he
1: was actually here. I met him here at, uh, at a... Why can't I think of his name? Uh, I, I also don't remember. The deputy commander of CentCon. can He was a skinny guy, had yeah. a girlfriend... Yeah, I and remember. and he had stuff but also in his, and
0: also Petraeus
1: Petraeus that's who was here, general Petraeus David I met him betrayus, yeah,
0: but there's another one who's just gotten assent, uh, just convicted, and against both of them, nobody mm-hmm. in the FBI hesitated to use search warrants yeah or subpoena
1: power but doesn't that show you that uh and I saw this myself that it's so entrenched, and I believe that if trump well here
0: there were in the case of Petraeus. Petraeus was trying to impress a girlfriend. Right. And uh, <laughs> if, if, of course it's a, a crime. But it's... A crazy crime. A crazy crime. But she actually had security clearance. Right. And she didn't misuse it greatly. And apparently there wasn't great damage. But it was, first of all, it was kind of a crime of passion. right? What Hillary Clinton did oh. was four years of day in, day out. And I'm not even talking about the Clinton Foundation. And 30 years of corruption. 30 years of corruption. You know, the Bible talks about this. You know this very well. When Jethro talks to Moses about what kind of people need to make up government, he says, and she emet son e betza, people of truth who hate graft. That's what he wants. Yeah. He said, people who fear God. Those are three criteria that are important. They have to be men of truth. They have to hate, graft, and they have to fear God. You have to fear a higher authority. Let's say you're not a believer. Let's say you're an atheist, God forbid. But let's say you're an atheist. You believe in the rule of law. The law is a higher authority. You answer to a higher authority. You answer to the people Vox populi vox dei, the voice of the people is the voice of God. You have two people here, Bill and Hillary Clinton, not to mention Barack and Michelle Obama, and others in the Democratic Party, who think the law is what you can get away with. But you put but your I'm... hand on a Bible, you come into office, and you say, I solemnly swear to preserve and protect the Constitution of the United States of America and you put your hand on a Bible and you swear to protect the Constitution. What does that mean? It means first of all you're recognizing a higher authority, God. You're swearing to God. You're putting your hand on a Bible and you're recognizing the authority of the Constitution. What happened to that, the rule of law? Mrs. Clinton wants to name Supreme Court justices. On the building that she wants to put judges inside, it says equal justice under law. This woman is a walking neon sign for inequality, for graft. Her hatred for for Jews. But but just forget about Jews and Christians. Right, right. Just talk about human beings. In general, yeah. This woman is a walking advertisement for graft. If Moses and Jethro were here, they'd say, Not her. (laughs) We're not with her. She belongs in Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. She doesn't belong at Sinai. She belongs at Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. Because that's where she's from. Yeah. That's what she operates. And... With, with the Clintons, money is the root of all evil. Radix malorum mes That's where they are. And you see an entire political party put its hands over its eyes, its ears, and its mouth. We see nothing, we hear nothing, and we will say nothing. Can you imagine if it were a Republican doing anything like that? Mm-mm. Republicans were among the biggest opponents of Richard Nixon who didn't do 1% of what Bill and Hillary Clinton, Barack and Michelle Obama have done. Right. In terms of abuse of the Constitution, abuse of the Internal Revenue Service, abuse of the FBI, of the Department of Justice, the Environmental Protection Administration, turning them into your own personal
1: police force against people you don't like oh my god what do you think uh, my prediction is I believe that that Donald Trump will win it'll be a Reagan landslide I really I wish you're right I really believe that and I'll tell you why because when you see WikiLeaks and you look at the emails and you see how the media is colluding and, and and adjusting their numbers to benefit Hillary Clinton uh, I think there are more people. When, when I mean, it's unbelievable. I hope you're right,
0: but you know something. You know, in the Book of Esther, it ends with a resounding victory for Mordecai and Queen Esther over the evil Haman, who was the Persian minister. He was that period's Ayatollah. Yeah, and. And yet, the two final verses of the book of Esther say, And Mordechai was esteemed by most of his brethren. In other words, you're not going to get unanimity. All right. And I'll settle, I'll settle for a ten-vote victory. Okay. Okay. Right,
1: I agree.
0: I'll settle for a ten-vote victory, which will
1: strengthen the United States, Israel, and the rest of the free countries. Wow, that's good stuff. Look, I I hope it happens. Uh, I believe it will Uh, when I see stadiums packed out with tens of thousands of people. It's unbelievable. So we're going to come right back. We're going to move over to foreign policy. And uh, this is Michael Gnoe with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. Wow, great stuff, sir. You always give me a nugget of wisdom. We'll be right back. When someone gives an answer, it is either in response to a question or a command to respond. And those who might be into grammar would either term it a noun or a verb. In mathematics, an answer is the solution to a problem, and problems are plentiful. Who do you turn to for answers? The Lord is near to all who call on Him, said the psalmist. And God invites you as He says, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. Our problem is that we search for answers in all the wrong places. We would do well to remember that God cares and He hears our hurts. To prove it, he said, I'll answer while you're still speaking and I will hear. What problem do you have today? What answer do you seek? Who do you turn to for solutions? God has the answers. He is the answer. This is John Bryan bringing you today's keyword. This is America's
0: Webradio.com the best in chat radio, designed just for you. Uh,
1: but I, that's, that's more of a, we're like street brawlers. Uh, but I want to say thank you uh, for that last segment, for those nuggets of wisdom. Wow, I grow from that. I walk away every time, and I grow from that. My pleasure. Uh, so, at the end, um, I, I, we're going to cover this in just a few more minutes. We're going to move on to another important topic that affects Israel, but uh, I believe the, the reason why I believe he'll win double digits uh, is because of the numbers he gets at his rally uh, he's actually beating Hillary Clinton when it comes to enthusiasm by right. 10 points uh, that well, I do th- have to keep in mind that the Democrats
0: are specialists at stealing elections absolutely it's rigged and he's absolutely right about they're that they're going to use voter fraud they're going to use illegal immigrants we know that there, We know, right? this has been verified by the government itself, that there are more than 2 million illegal immigrants registered.
1: Yeah, they, they, they pushed through their citizenship, first of all, a lot of them. Might Did even, you see yeah, that? They don't have citizenship. Right, right. right. They, because because they of no vote. voter ID. Yeah, they, can, they vote. So, let me ask you. And how many dead people are voting? Exactly. No, it's, exactly. And so that's going to be a big fight right there. And uh, so... With that being said, Trump has made a few promises, uh, which we actually, uh, number one, we have the anniversary today of the Balfour Agreement. Uh, Very important. Very important. Uh, Number two, uh, in the 70s, was it the 70s? Correct me if I'm wrong on the date. I could be wrong. I believe it might have been before, but the OPEC... Countries, The oil-producing Muslim countries had threatened any country that puts their embassy in Jerusalem. They'll cut off their oil. Right. Now, this is the, the you know, if we get Hillary, we're, we're done. It's pretty much done. It's going to continue to crash. Our enemies, our adversaries will watch us implode. And at the same note, uh, if Trump does what he says he's going to do, the shaking... That will come to the government, to the economy. Either way, we're, we're, we have to be ready for, for what's to come. Because I believe if he does what he says, it's going to shake a lot of things up. And by putting the embassy, if he's really going to do that, that's a huge step. You couldn't even get the House and the Senate to unanimously vote on that. Yet they'll all go to APAC. Thieves and liars, sir. I say this about the Democrats and Republicans. That's right. Thieves and liars. You know, I just, I talked to a lot of your young people who want to come and visit the United States. They want to come and visit after the Army. They've got to apply. America, they have to apply. Your soldiers that defend freedom have to apply for a visa. That's right. And it's a costly, That's right. time-consuming attack. Uh, Very costly. And it's completely unfair. It's wrong that's right so when I see these things for if Trump is going to do that in your estimation now I, I know what I see but what do you think is, as a man in your field what do you think the end result would be the, the response first of all the initial response would be well
0: the initial response from, from Arab countries will be condemnation rebuke etc cetera, etc cetera, and then they'll shut up really Absolutely, The Arab community of nations is very weak and very frightened right now. And if they see a renewed, strong United States, they'll want to be on the side of the United States. They don't want to be on the side of Putin. They don't want to be on the side of China. They prefer to be on the side of the United States of America. But the United States of America of Barack Obama is somebody who supports Iran. They're terrified of Iran.
1: Right, right.
0: They saw what Barack Obama did to Mubarak's Egypt. They saw what
1: Barack Obama has helped do to Syria. Okay, do you mind if I throw in an, uh, a, sure. a, an added? Because I think this is important for the listeners to know. Uh, this is an added addition because you have to, and I, I'm not saying I fully understand, but I do have, a, I think, a bit of a grasp. I go back to George Bush number one. Don't like the man, used to love him, but when I studied his policies, his New World Order, Thousand Points of Light, the coalition of Muslim countries arming them, training them up, all those countries hating Israel, I can't just blame Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama. It's interesting that you mention it, because that particular period,
0: which followed, of course, the... the, um, the defeat of Saddam in the first Gulf War, right. the Kuwait War, we sometimes call it. I was an advisor to the Israeli negotiating team in Washington and Madrid. And they, they convened the Madrid Peace Conference. And Shamir, the prime minister of Israel, said, I don't believe in conferences. I believe in talking one-on-one. Right. You want to make peace with Egypt? You talk to Egypt. You want to make peace with Jordan? You talk to Jordan. Absolutely. Said, but if you want a ceremony, I'll go to the ceremony. <laughs> and afterwards, we'll retire to bi national talks, bilateral talks. And that's what happened. During the course of the Gulf War, Israel was hit by 39 rockets, its cities were hit. And George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush the Elder, And his Secretary of State, James A. Baker III, demanded that Israel not respond because they said it would undo the coalition against Saddam.
1: Right. Do you think that was wise? Well... Because Saddam could come back and say, look at the infidel Jews. Well, two things.
0: Okay. First, I think it was ethically wrong. Right. Because if uh, George attacks Harry you don't have the right to go to Harry and say, "Uh uh-uh, turn that other cheek once, twice, and 39 times.
1: Right, I agree, totally agree.
0: And in terms of a country, you cannot say to a country, you have to give up your right to a credible deterrent because we want to handle things.
1: Right.
0: Shamir, nevertheless, and Shamir was nobody's pussy-footing wallflower, nevertheless did it because he believed that the rockets used by Saddam Hussein would probably not do that much damage, And meanwhile, there would be a massive defeat of Saddam Hussein, and the U.S. promised Israel help in settling a wave of Russian immigrants coming to Israel. Of course, this Which was- definitely helped your country. Yes, but the, the promise wasn't kept in full. Okay. Because George Bush and James Baker, after it went to Congress to get loan guarantees, they started to recant on their promise. And that's why I voted for, you ready for this? Okay. I voted for Bill Clinton in 1992. Really? Because George Bush stabbed Israel in the back. Absolutely. I agree with you. And, and, and I said, somebody who does that, after asking Israel to take it on the chin?
1: Right. He's got no right. You, you're really educating me because those are things that I didn't obviously I was a kid in seminary at the time, you know. And we were just praying for one of those rockets to hit the and dome of the I, rock.
0: And I was and I was somebody who would have supported Bush, of course naturally. Right. But I remember that he and his Secretary of State were suck-ups when it came to Syria also. Yeah. And they they um, you might call them Republicans light or whatever. Right. <clears throat> By the way, the younger George Bush, George W. Bush, was a tougher Republican, a more earthy Republican. Maybe because he went to Texas, was born in Texas, or grew up in Texas. Maybe because he's more of a Bible thumper. Maybe because he went through a crisis. I just, and, okay. And overcame alcoholism. But he was a stronger supporter
1: of Israel. There's no question about it. But but he, I watched numerous of his speeches, even after 9-11, he had members of the Muslim Brotherhood standing behind him. He
0: made certain mistakes which Americans tend to make. They sometimes want to believe that Islam is a religion just like Judaism and Christianity. And it is a religion. But it is also political doctrine. And it's a political doctrine that includes the desire to conquer. Jesus didn't want to conquer territory. Right. And Moses and Abraham didn't want to conquer territory. Abraham wanted to set an example. And Jews want to set an example. And they have. And Moses wanted the law to be a light unto nations. Right. And that's what the prophets all said. Israel wasn't about conquering the West, of the rest of the, the region. Right. It never was a. Con- the Jews were never conquering people. They never looked to subjugate others or to make them pick up the Jewish religion. They set certain principles and they said, "Look at how we observe our faith in God in one God. We believe in justice. We believe in reward and punishment for deeds done look at what we're doing. And from that emerged Christianity. Right. And other religions. Muhammad said, I want to conquer. Uh, he said that in Arabic, that's the way of God is by the sword. Yeah. Now that remains the heritage of Islam. That doesn't mean there aren't good Muslims. But Islamic doctrine normative Islamic doctrine thank you for saying normative normative Islamic doctrine is that the reign of Islam must overcome the reign of the sword and it's called the house of Islam overcoming the house of the sword or the house of war to conquer the world Mm. that's why jihad is considered the sixth pillar of Islam there are five pillars of Islam which are similar to our Ten Commandments. Right. You know what the sixth pillar is? I'm waiting. <laughs> the sixth pillar is Jihad. Yeah. The other pillars are belief in God. There's one God and Muhammad is a prophet, etc., etc. Visiting Mecca as a pilgrimage, fasting on Ramadan, uh, giving uh, charity, etc. Et but the sixth pillar it wasn't quite canonized with the other five, but it's right there, is jihad. And jihad isn't a spiritual concept. No. It's a physical concept. And no matter what they teach the, the kids today at Georgetown and Harvard and UCLA, which is baloney, yeah. the truth is still the truth. And that's why I say... We have to teach our children better from now on. There's a whole generation of millennials yeah. that have been taught by quack academics in the United
1: States that Islam is just enough. It isn't. That'll just. take a hundred years to undo. Well... If if we have that much time, I don't see that. I'm not sure we can undo it uh, immediately. Not nah, as long as Islam is the biggest ideology in the world. But if you... We were doing something good
0: under... Bush and Cheney, at least in physically opposing them, they didn't come out and say Islam is the religion of war, but they defended against radical Muslims. You have somebody like Obama and the people he's put in charge in the army and the national security
1: community who really don't know the difference between their rear ends and their elbows. Let me ask you this, though. You reach that level of power. When do we start saying, you're culpable, you're, you're, you're accountable? Because I, I can't, I have a hard time saying that people at that level are stupid and ignorant and don't know what they're doing. I say it's completely intentional. Well, I've actually
0: watched a few of them. And although it's hard to believe, and you know this from my book, I, I documented in my book... Um, I'm plugging my book right now. You're, no, please. Excuse me. No, no. Battle for Our Minds. Great book. Western Elites and the Terror Threat. I talk about people in the CIA, people in academia, people in the intelligence community, and, of course, our leaders, and the way they delude themselves. Now, you have somebody like James Clapper, who is still to this day the director of national intelligence, who said in the... Uh, a hearing in front of Congress in February 2011. I'm giving you the footnotes. The Muslim Brotherhood is a largely moderate organization with franchises around the world. And I said, is he talking about... Franchises? Franchises. (laughs) I'm saying, is he talking about the Muslim Brotherhood or is he talking about McDonald's? Wow. I mean, you can actually go and look this up. I'm not lying. This is actually... And then when he was called on it by a few congressmen, a few senators, he said, well, uh, 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 uh. But he actually believed that. Yeah. And there are people who, there are none so blind as they who will not see. Mm-mm-mm. And when you see somebody who is ideologically blind, it takes almost for a building to fall down on them right. before they'll see something. Yeah. I mean, they have to literally take the stake out from between their eyes to see
1: what's in front of their nose. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, let me, uh, all that needed to be covered to say this. Uh, I agree with you that these, the, the Muslim countries, the oil-producing OPEC countries, they don't like Iran. They don't want Daesh. Now, it's found out that Saudi Arabia has actually been funding Daesh. Of course they have. So while they are supposed to be our allies and a coalition, which is not actually a coalition, they're looking out for their own little kingdoms. And, and that, in turn, keeps the money flowing to them from the United States and the weapons and the food and the medicine and the CIA and military training. Sure. Uh, and... I've said it, like, why in the world, if we're your friend, why aren't we doing joint airstrikes over, I don't know, the Gaza? Why aren't we helping Israel, and yet we, we don't. you don't charge us money, to my knowledge, if, from my understanding of Yoram Edinger, that while we keep weapons stored here, in your country, I've seen the, the, the buildings, we literally keep weapons stored here, and you don't charge us any money for storage. But yet, if something happens and you use those weapons, you have to pay us back. How is that a friend? How is the government? And let, let, me, I'm, let me, I just want to ask this and then I'll, I'm going to let you talk. While I agree that they would get mad and everything, and the, the, I think there will be deeper repercussions. Maybe as they're building, I, I would I can imagine terrorist attacks on the building site as they're building the embassy, if there's not already a building that exists, but they would have to build up security and everything. I can only imagine we what that We do a pretty
0: good job here in Israel with security. You do. You do an amazing job. And I think uh, it would be a tremendously important symbolic act. Absolutely. And it would make Israel much stronger. Um, and the Bible itself talks about this in the book of Isaiah. Um For my house is a house of prayer to all of the nations, and it talks about the fact that on the feast of Sukkot, the Pentecost, all the nations will come to Jerusalem. Yeah, I think that that is a very important concept, and I, you're seeing some of it already happen. I mean, today, Israel is a country of 10 million people. It's startup nation. It's amazing. India, China, Japan, certainly the United States, people in the United States know this. Anybody who has their computer chips, they know where they were made. Anybody who's interested in fiber optics, anybody who's interested in telecommunications, anybody who's interested in computer work in medicine realizes that this country really produces far, far now. you know what is a country the size of Israel? Denmark when was the last time you heard about Denmark <laughs> doing what we do? I mean really I mean really we we out not just pound for pound But in real time, almost every other country in the world, except for the superpowers. And uh, that's why countries respect us real time. And it's happening more and more. I believe that you're about at at a nexus point where the countries of Asia and Africa and eventually South America... Are going to realize, you know something? We don't need Arab oil. We're going to have natural gas. Absolutely. Other sources of energy. And what does the Arab world produce besides oil and sand?
1: Nothing. That's right. Terrorists. That's right. That's right. Nine eleven hijackers. That's right. All educated. That's right. And so,
0: that period is coming. We wouldn't have realized it even 10 years ago. Certainly not 20, 30, 40 years ago. But the world is changing faster than we can realize. amazing. And the United States is beginning to realize that it actually needs an ally like Israel even more than it has before. I remember in 1991, you talked about Bush and the New World Order. He and his friend uh, uh, Jim Baker believed, why do we need Israel anymore? We don't need Israel anymore. Well, who needs Jim Baker? Right. And who needs some of the people who thought that they could replace Israel with Saudi Arabia? Today, Obama thinks he can replace Israel and Mubarak's Egypt with Iran and the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw where that led to with, with Egypt. It practically destroyed Egypt. And look at Iran. Really? And look at Syria. Really? That's what you want, the shape of things to come?
1: Speaking of Syria, we actually, uh, right now, there's an armada of Russian ships headed through the Mediterranean. Right. They actually waved to the British on their way through the Straits of Gibraltar. Uh, The Straits of the Dardanelles. Okay, thank you for the correction. And uh, which, <laughs> I would, the, 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 if I hadn't done a little traveling, I probably wouldn't even know where that was. But, uh, um, you know, uh, a lot of people have ignorantly praised Putin for fighting Daesh. But at the same time, he's an aide to Russia, or to Iran. And it, it boggles my mind that people don't actually know what's going on. I understand. I get it. We're especially in the United States. We're caught up in a lot of fr- so much frivolity. Uh, China is an ally of Russia. China is helping Iran, but yet China's doing business here. How do I? How, how is this? How am I able to calculate or to uh, wrap my mind around this? Because you have a, a, a high-speed rail system, which is truly amazing. Uh, I'd love to get a tour of it. I've seen it on the news where they've got, given a tour. The, the, the base in Jerusalem the main station uh, is actually nuke proof well I hope but I, I'll tell you something but I don't think they'll ever nuke Jerusalem's a, too much of a prize for whoever wants it well I think that um, not that they'll get it but the, the Russians and
0: the Chinese are playing a variety of strategic games very serious games the Russia has actually regressed as a world power, you know that the average lifespan in Russia of a Russian man is 53 or 55 years old. I didn't know that. The healthcare, disease, drinking, crime, cut short the average health health, uh, lifespan of the average Russian. Russia has lost a lot of its territory. And it's got a booming Muslim population. That's what I was going to actually, yeah. Which creates problems. Putin wants to restore Russia to its great power status. Madras, yeah. Right. But he's not going to succeed. Because basically what he has going for him is the Russian energy production. At the same time as the United States is fracking all at once... And and natural gas, like in West Virginia. And West Virginia is everywhere. Who would have thought 20 years ago we were going to produce more and more and more and more and more energy? Which just goes to show that the doomsday warnings in other areas like climate, blah, 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 aren't always things that you should believe. China basically threw aside most of its communist ideology... You think that's a facade I think it's a facade it's not a facade it's them realizing that communism socialism in the common sense of communal property wasn't going to work for them. They held on to the dictatorship side of communism right, so right. that they could they could impose their will on individual entrepreneurs, but China is very because of that is actually very weak now let me ask you because the economic freedom right. haven't kept up with the political freedoms and there's going to be a breaking point so they have they look strong on a certain level right but they're very very very
1: very very vulnerable now let me ask you this first of all they just went to a two-child policy because there's like one woman for every ten men Uh, The other thing is that a lot of people know, I don't know how many people in this country know it, but they severely persecute Christians. Absolutely. And the third thing is they're building these barrier islands in the South China Sea. Artificial islands. And they're putting small military bases on them. Absolutely, and we're letting them get away with it. Absolutely. So if if they're weak... And they and the Russians use North Korea... As a stepping stool to... That's right. So if they're weak, if these countries are weak, they're flexing a lot of muscle.
0: Because the United States has let its military get soft, but it's also let its will get soft. You know, we're paying for sex changes for
1: soldiers now in the U.S. military. I've read it, and I puke every time I even countenance it. So I I can understand why some of these countries are kind of laughing at us, you know. Plus, we've had the GI Bill and everything, which... Now all the leftists are going in the military to get their college paid for because it it's so expensive. But yet these are people, quite honestly, that would never want to go to war. Of course not. So uh, now I look at, and, and this is, we only have a few minutes left. But uh, and we're definitely going to get back with you because there's a lot of good stuff here. But uh, you're building a fence, basically fencing your country in. Uh, to keep out the, the deplorables if, or the despicables. Um, as far as Syria goes, I see Bashar al-Assad always staying in power. I, I don't think we have the will.
0: I wouldn't predict it. I'll okay. tell
1: you why. Which nothing can be predicted, actually. So I made a mistake there. I miss. Well, remember that this is a person who has butchered a sizable
0: portion of his own people. And he's basically been kept in power by Russia. Yeah. If Russia has to pull back,
1: and it may have to. You think that would hurt their ego? I mean, do they have enough ego or lack of ego? If Russia
0: faces a tough America, let's say Donald Trump's America, and Trump says to Russia, you know, you're pretty tough. You want to know what's about to happen to the price of oil? We're going to do this, 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 and this, unless you pull out of Syria. The price of oil is going to go down $30 over the next year. The Putin government would fall. You don't think he'd pull out?
1: Yeah, of course, it would be only wise to.
0: So we, we don't know. Also, anything can happen inside Syria. Uh, I believe that a resurgent United States, which is possible, I'm not saying it's guaranteed, if the Republicans can, the most important thing for the United States is for there to be unity. There has to be unity among the people, and there has to be a unity among the Republican Party. But the people have to be united Right. in unity comes strength.
1: Sir, I want to say thank you. I, we could. There's a lot more we, we need to cover, but uh, we need to pray for America, for Israel, and we need to vote this coming Tuesday. Thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. This Welcome. is Michael Gonneau with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. God bless the patriot conservatives who stand for the Judeo-Christian founded Constitution and Bill of Rights, and God bless Israel in her fight for sovereignty and security.